Welcome, and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. Well, good morning again. It has been just a great day in worship, hasn't it? Have you enjoyed worship today? Yes, amen, amen. We love worshiping Jesus together. Uh, Before I get into the message this morning, I just want you to notice something. Look at this shirt. Isn't this shirt awesome? Yeah, it is really awesome if you like light blue like I do, and I think the brown is very nice, and it's a, it's a really nice brand uh, shirt. It's actually the kind of shirts that I buy because I only have a particular brand that I like, and so uh, I bought, you know, I, I buy these brands, and, and let me tell you a story. One day I, I came into my office, it was a few days before my birthday actually, and there was a package sitting on my, on my chair, and I'm always like, uh-oh, um, if there's a package there. But this package, I opened up, and there was, there was inside of it this black shirt under here, this really awesome shirt, and another really awesome shirt that uh, it was just incredible. And I have no idea who gave it to me. Uh, I thought I recognized the writing on the, on the note, and so I called my mom to thank her, and she said, I didn't do that. And I said, oh, sorry. <laughs> but uh, but here's, here's why I'm telling you this, because if you got me this shirt, I just want to tell you honestly and sincerely, thank you. I love it. And uh, you can do it once a month, okay? <laughs> and uh, and that, I would really appreciate that. But, uh, but no, ser- seriously, thank you so much. I don't know who you are, but, but that's such an awesome gift, and I, I really do appreciate it. And it was the right size and the right brand, and I don't know, you might be creeping on me, but uh, that's... <laughs> I don't even care because it's awesome, okay? So, so anyway, um, today we're, we're in between series right now, as Pastor Mark pointed out last week. We finished up Amazing Grace a couple of weeks ago, and next week we're launching our Colossians book study. And so in between here, we have an opportunity to share um, some messages that have been laid on our hearts. And, and last week, Pastor Mark shared about, uh, you know, serving a God of open hands, and we're so often uh, people who want to serve little gods, and, and he did an awesome job uh, sharing that message. But today, I get to share something that, that's really been laid on my heart, and I believe it's something that we all need to experience today, and that is this, breakthrough. I think we all need to experience breakthrough in our lives, and, uh, and, and that'll become more clear as we look at the scripture today. But today is actually a very special day also, not just because we're all here gathered in worship, but because today is actually kind of a holiday for the, the church at large, like the big church, you know, not just us, but all the churches that, that follow Jesus and trust in Jesus. Um, today is a, a, a holiday called Pentecost. And Pentecost happens 50 days after Passover, so uh, about from Easter until now, it's been about 50 days, uh, hard to believe, or seven weeks, and, uh, and it's, it's a celebration of Pentecost. Now, for the Jews, Pentecost was really, really important because they didn't call it Pentecost until a little bit later on in their experience. They called it the Festival of Weeks because between Passover and between uh, Pentecost, there were seven weeks, and so they called it the Festival of Weeks, and what it was essentially was... It was a pilgrimage festival, and what that means is there were three of them that the Jews had to do every year where they would travel to Jerusalem and they would offer their, uh, to- their offerings to God, you know, whether it be animals or, or uh, whatever it is that they were offering to them, they would come to Jerusalem and o- make their offerings, and, and the festival of weeks was one of those pilgrimage festivals. And so the Jews would 
all, you know, travel to, uh, mostly the men would travel to Jerusalem and they would make their offerings before the Lord because God commanded them to do it. And it essentially was a celebration of the harvest because they were finishing the barley harvest, which begins in mid-April or so. And then they would uh, celebrate the first fruits of that right now on Pentecost. And then they would kick off the wheat harvest. And in the fall, they would have another festival of ingathering. And that they would celebrate that together as well. And they would celebrate what the Lord has done for them. So that's what Pentecost is for the Jews. But for Christians, Pentecost became something incredibly important. In fact, it's something that happened after Jesus' resurrection, but before uh, he ascended into heaven. Here's what happened. He gave his disciples some very specific instructions, and I want to share what he said. He told his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus told his disciples, listen, guys, uh, I'm about to ascend back into heaven, but I need you to go to Jerusalem and I need you to wait for the gift that I've told you about before, but that now God is going to send to you. Okay, and it's important that I go so that I can send the Holy Spirit to you. And so the, the people, as, the, as Jesus ascended back into heaven after he, they received that command, they kind of were standing around and the Bible says that some angels showed up and said, uh, hey, guys, let's go back to Jerusalem. And so they went back to Jerusalem and they went to the place where they were staying and it says that they went into an upper room. Okay, now for some of us that might sound like a bedroom or just some kind of weird thing that we can't connect with, but the upper room was essentially just a large dining room in the place they were staying. It was the only place that really could contain everybody who was in that group because it was about 120 people. So it was a lot of people. And so they all went up to the upper room and they were waiting and they were praying, the scripture tells us. And the scripture tells us that they were doing uh, some other things in, in you know, replacing the disciple uh, Judas who had betrayed Jesus and they, they wanted to get somebody else in there. And so they were just praying and waiting and, and dealing with the things they needed to deal with. And then something incredible happened. And that's where we're going to pick up our account today. So if you have a Bible, I do want to encourage you today, pull it out, please. Uh, if you have a smartphone, you have a Bible app on it, I want you to pull that out too, because there are some really important verses that we're going to talk about today. In fact, we're going to look, we're going to find four lessons from the scriptures that we're looking at today that come together into this idea of breakthrough and what God wants to do in our lives. So Acts chapter two is where we're going to pick it up this morning, beginning in verse one. And it says this, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, the, the disciples had gone back to Jerusalem, they had been waiting and they had been praying for the gift that God was going to send them, and then Jesus came through, the Holy Spirit came, and the Bible, you know, the, the account here says that there were tongues of fire as one sign, and then the other sign that they were filled with the Holy Spirit was they spoke in tongues, okay, and, and basically what that means is that they began to speak in different languages, and it was an incredible event. In fact, here's what happened after that. We read in verse 5. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. Now, there were, there were devout Jews living, living from everywhere. They were coming to Jerusalem. And the reason is because it was Pentecost, right? And Pentecost is a pilgrimage festival. So all of these people would come and they would make their offerings and their, and their sacrifices before the Lord in Jerusalem. So there were, there were 
thousands and thousands of people who normally wouldn't be in Jerusalem, they were there, okay? And they were from all over the place. Verse 6, when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Now, this is so incredible, right? I mean, first of all, they heard a loud kind of like explosion sound. Right? It was, it was like the room where they were were shaken. It was incredible. And, you know, the people back then, 2,000 years ago, they didn't have cannons or guns. You know, they didn't have people who were hunting with guns. You know, they, they hunted with other types of weapons. So they, they weren't used to these loud noises that most of us hear relatively often. Right? And so when something like that happened, it caught the attention of everybody. And, and everybody started running to see what was going on. And then when they got there to see what was happening, the people were speaking in their own languages. Because remember, these were Jews from all over the place. Different dialects of Hebrew and, and different kinds of, uh, of Aramaic was being spoken. It, it, it was very unique and very incredible. But you see, that's the way that God works. This is what God does for us. This is lesson number one for us today to understand when it comes to our lives and what God wants to do. And here it is. God always has a plan to intersect our lives with his purpose. God always has a plan to intersect our lives with his purpose. You see, it wasn't coincidence that there were thousands of people in Jerusalem when God sent the Holy Spirit. God had that planned out because God always has a plan to intersect our lives with his purpose purpose. And that's exactly what God did at Pentecost 2,000 years ago. And this is where Pentecost began to change meaning for Christians. It was no longer a festival of, of harvest. It was a festival. It was a celebration of what God was doing now through his Holy Spirit. We read on in verse 7. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. Now, this is such an incredible thing that many of them began to see this happening. And they were just like, wow, this is, this is, I've never seen this before. You know, we heard a loud sound. Now we hear these people talking in our languages. And it doesn't make sense because they're all from Galilee. And we know that. We can tell that, right? But, but we can understand what they're saying very clearly. And we're hearing all of these wonderful things that God has done. And here's lesson number two for us today. It's this. When something incredible happens in our lives, we must ask the question, just as many of these people did, what can this mean? What can this mean? You see, when something incredible happens in our lives, whether it's a big thing or whether it's like, you know, little small things that kind of come together, you know, and we just look back and we go, man, that was, that was crazy what happened here. You know, we have to ask the question, what, what can this mean? Because here's the thing. Remember, lesson number one. God doesn't do anything without intent. God has a plan to intersect our lives with his purpose, which is exactly what he did at Pentecost 2,000 years ago, and I believe today exactly what he's doing here in this moment. 
that he's going to intersect our lives right now if he hasn't already. And he's going to show us his purpose, his plan for all of us. Now, there's another group that was represented in the crowd as well. And they, you can see them here in the next verse, verse 13. But others in the crowd ridiculed them saying, they're just drunk, that's all. They're just drunk, that's all. Okay? Now here's the thing we need to understand when it comes to God's work and God's intersection in our own lives, okay? Here's the thing we have to understand. There will always be critics of God's purpose and plan in our lives. There will always be critics of God's purpose and plan in our lives. That's lesson number three for us this morning. That when God is doing something incredible in your life and you're saying, man, what can this mean? I know that the Lord is doing something here. And people look at your life and say, they're drunk. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they're saying that about you. I hope they're not saying that about you. But they might say, I don't understand. They're crazy. I don't know what they're, what they're doing. You know, they just, man, wacko. There will always be critics of God's purpose and plan for your life. Okay, I want you to be prepared for that. Particularly if today you, you're just here, you're, you're curious about Jesus, and you're curious about the church, or maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time. Okay, there will always be people who will criticize the work of God. And it's okay. God's big enough to handle it. And he will comfort us when we experience that criticism. Okay, so let's move on, see what happens next. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. So the first thing that Peter does is he begins to address the criticism, right? The people are saying, ah, they're drunk, they're drunk, they're, they're off their rockers, you know. And Peter stands up and he says, listen, it's nine o'clock in the morning, guys. Okay, these guys aren't drunk. It's, it, it's too early for these guys to be drunk. They're not drunk. Something incredible is happening. So Peter's trying to take their focus and their understanding because probably some of them, that's the only reason they could come up with. Couldn't understand what was going on. They weren't really interested in asking, what can this mean? But Peter starts to pull their attention to what is really happening. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. In those, and your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, Peter was quoting somebody that everybody in that crowd would have, would have recognized. It's kind of like, you know, today we have authors that most of us would recognize, you know, like Rick Warren wrote The Purpose Driven Life. You know, we, we would recognize that. Well, these, these group of people, this group of people had authors that they would recognize from the Old Testament. And the one that, that Peter quoted here was Joel. He took that whole section from Joel and he said, listen, this is, guys, this is what's happening. See, what Peter did is he took something that, that the Jews were familiar with and then he began to focus it a little bit more. And here's what he says. People of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen. And his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. 
With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life. For death could not keep him in its grip. Verse 24 is probably the most powerful verse in this whole chapter. God released him from the horrors of death and raised him to life. You see, here's, here's the deal today, and this is, this is our big point for today. It's our take-home point. This is what everything else is wrapping into today. That through Jesus, God releases us from death and raises us to life. Through Jesus, God releases us from death and raises us to life. You see, that's what breakthrough is. Breakthrough is when we are released from sin and raised to life in an area where there is death in our lives. That's what breakthrough is. That's, that's how breakthrough happens in our lives. And when God intersects our lives with his purpose and his plan, he is always going to provide breakthrough for all of us. That's what he does. That's what's so incredible about that verse. God raised, released Jesus from the horrors of death, and he raised him back to life again. And Jesus does the same thing for us. It's incredible. Now, you may have never experienced that before in your life, and, and that's okay. We're so glad you're here because today we want you to know that God has that in store for you in this moment. In this moment today, right now, it's kind of like Pentecost was for those believer, or for those people 2,000 years ago. You might be here today, and, and maybe this has just been a, a, an incredible experience for you. And maybe you're sitting here going, okay, I'm asking, what can this mean right now? You know, my week was horrible, but man, this has been nice. Or, or my friends are here, or, or I've been invited, or just checking this out. I'm just curious about Jesus. But I want you to know today that Jesus came here and lived a life that, that we could, none of us could live. It doesn't matter who we are. You see, because God had a standard, and his standard was so high that none of us could reach his standard. But Jesus reached his standard. Jesus went to a cross, and he died for us on that cross. He bore our sins on the cross. And then God raised him back to life three days later, and Jesus overcame sin and death forever. That's what, that's what that verse is referring to, that Jesus did something for us, for all of us, that none of us could do for ourselves. And God raised Jesus back to life just like he wants to raise all of us back to life. And I don't know what you're facing today. If you've never trusted Jesus before in your life, that's, that's what God's offering today. That you can be released from whatever it is that's binding you, from the sin that's binding you. And you can be raised to life today. Now, maybe you've been a follower of Jesus for a long period of time, a short period of time, however long. But you just feel stuck right now. You feel like it's just a dry time. I want you to know today that today is going to be a day of breakthrough for you. I believe that. I believe that the Lord wants to release you and raise you to life today. I believe that with all of my heart because that's what he does. He wants to release. You see, God is constantly looking to release people from sin and raise them to life. It doesn't matter who you are. Right? In fact, the Apostle Paul said this. This is such an incredible verse. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, he said, 
So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. So what Paul is saying here is that we have had the veil removed. We know that Jesus has died for our sins. We believe that. We trust in him. We, we can see it, what God has done for us. We've experienced that incredible thing. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. So you see, it doesn't matter if you've been following Jesus for a day or for a hundred years. There are always going to be things that the Lord needs to work on in our lives. And here's how he does it. He does it through his Holy Spirit. In fact, one translation of that very verse says that God changes us by his Spirit from glory to glory. That means that we're growing and growing. God's releasing us from sin and raising us to life. God's releasing us from sin here and raising us to life. God's releasing our brokenness and raising us to wholeness. That's what God wants to do in all of our lives today. And when we receive that into our life, when we experience breakthrough in our life, I love what happens. In fact, Peter, quoting King David, lays out six things that happen when we receive Jesus into our life, when we let him release us and raise us. And here, here's what they are. Number one, we receive steadfastness in his presence. See what Peter said in the next few verses. I see that the Lord is with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. He is right beside me. So in your life right now, if your life is just seems like everything's crumbling around you, I want you to know if you give it to Jesus today and let him release it, he will be steadfast for you. He will be a foundation for you to stand on. Number two, we receive glad hearts full of praise. Peter said, no wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. You see, when we are released from sin and we are raised to life, something begins to well up inside of us and, and we can't help but have glad hearts even when we're having bad days. And we shout his praises because of what he has done for us, because he has saved us from sin and he's released us from that and is raising us to life. Number three, we receive rest for our bodies. How many of you want rest for your body? Yeah. You receive rest from your body. Now, listen, I want to be very clear here. This is not health and prosperity gospel, okay? This is just the Word of God. I learned a long time ago that you can, you can take your own presuppositions or your own understandings and put them on the Bible and find a verse to support pretty much anything. But you see, that's not what we seek to do here. What we seek to do is we seek to take the Bible and say, what are you saying to us? And the Bible says right here, we will receive rest for our bodies. We receive rest for our bodies when we let Jesus release us and raise us to life. Number four, we receive, this is the pinnacle, eternal life. Peter said, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You see, Jesus was raised back to life again by the power of God. And Jesus made very clear that we will raise back to life with him. Paul says we will be with him in glory. We will experience him. After this life is over. And that's what's so incredibly important about sharing this news with other people. Number five, we receive God's direction. How many of you want God's direction in your life? Yeah, we all do. We've all at one time or another gone, I don't know what to do right now. You know, when I graduated from college, it's a perfect example. I had no idea where the Lord was going to lead me. I actually didn't think it was going to be in this area. I went to Grove City College, not too far away from here. I actually had plans to go to California and study uh, out there at a seminary. And uh, the Lord did not open that door. 
And here I am. And I'm so glad because the Lord is leading and guiding. But he will only do that when we allow him to, when, when we allow him to release us and to raise us to life. And number six, we receive what I, I called, I made up this word, all right? This is an awesome word. I hope this goes viral, okay? I, in fact, viral is a good thing, okay? Just so you guys know, on, online, it's a good thing. In real life, it's horrible. But online, you know, Facebook and Twitter, it's, it's really cool. In fact, it got tweeted last night. I was so happy. All right? Soul joy. We receive soul joy. Peter said, and you will fill me with joy, the joy of your presence. You will fill me with joy. And here's what that means. That means that when your life is, is just, just dry and, and boring and mundane and, and it just doesn't make any sense for you to be joyful, the Lord gives you joy in your heart. Kind of ties in with number two. You just have shouts of praise that are coming out. It means when, when your life is a wreck, when something horrible has happened, when you don't have a job, when you lost a child, whatever, there's, there's still down inside of you something that says this, this isn't it. This, is, this isn't all there is. It doesn't stop here. There is a joy down deep inside of our soul. And that's what we get when we receive Jesus, when we allow him to release us and to raise us back to life. So, how does it happen? How does it happen? Well, I'll let Peter explain a little further. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. Verse 32, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. You see, this group of people that was speaking in tongues, they were a unique group of people because they had actually seen Jesus. They had seen him when he was, you know, when he was an adult man, and then after he had died and he was resurrected, they saw him again. You see, that's the difference between folklore and testimony. These people actually saw Jesus. This right here is an account, not a story, of what actually happened. And Peter continues on. And he says, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out on us, just as you see and hear today. So Peter is making clear that we are released from sin and raised back to life in Jesus, through Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus had to go back to heaven so he could send the Holy Spirit. Now this is incredible, right? These people were all Jews. So they believed that God's presence was in one physical location on the earth, the temple, in the Holy of Holies. But now God was doing something completely different. His, his presence was removed from the temple in fact, when Jesus died on the cross, it says that the veil of the temple, which was where the Holy of Holies was, was torn. And now God's presence wasn't going to be in one place anymore. It was going to be inside of us. That's how God releases us and raises us back to life. Peter said, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift who is the Holy Spirit. The pro this promise is for you, to, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Now, Peter makes clear 
that there needs to be something that actually happens. We have to repent of sin. If we want to be released from sin, we have to repent. And here's what the word repent means, okay? You know, you, you, there's always this idea in our mind that we hear this, you know, street preacher say, you got to repent of your sins and turn and be saved, right? You know, okay, just put that down for a minute, okay? But just hear the real meaning of what repentance means, okay? Repentance means I'm going to change my mind about sin and realize that God is better. That's what repentance is. Repentance is saying that, you know, I've been participating in this, which feels good for now, although it's brought a lot of pain and brokenness in my life. Still, you know, it kind of feels good, but, but I'm going to change my mind about it. I think God is better. I think God is what I've been looking for. So I'm going to repent of my sin. And then Peter says, we need to be baptized. Okay, so if you've never been baptized in here, I want, I want you to know something. Once a month, Saturday night, on the end, at the end of the month, we have an opportunity to follow Jesus in baptism. Jesus was baptized. He commanded his followers to be baptized. It's an outward symbol of an inner commitment and trust in Jesus. That's where this idea of faith comes in, okay? And then we receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this is an incredible thing. For us to do all of that, we have to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And we have to believe that he did what all of these accounts say that he did. That he lived a life we couldn't live, that he died a death we should have died, and that God raised him back to life again on the third day, overcoming sin and death forever. And now we can be adopted into his family. Jesus was in front of a group of people, thousands and thousands of people one time. And these people were like, how do we get eternal life, Jesus? How do, we, how do we attain salvation? And you know what Jesus told them? There's only one thing. There's only one work you have to do. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is believe. Jesus said, believe in me. You'll receive eternal life. Right? When we believe in Jesus, that's the, that's the part we, you know, we realize that sin is not what we want. We want God. We trust Jesus with our life. And in that moment, Jesus will release us and raise us back to life. And we will experience breakthrough in our life. So, this time, would you just close your eyes and bow your heads? Because this is such an important moment today. I believe that there are people here today who, for the very first time, are hearing that God loves you. That God has a plan for you. That he wants to release a purpose in your life today. That you know is inside of you, but you're just not sure what it is. I want you to know that in order for that to happen today, you need to trust Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Because he saved you from sin and death. And he needs to be the ruler of your life. Only he can lead you because he created you. So in this moment, if that's you today, between you and the Lord right now, would you just, you just need to tell him, tell him this, God, I have not trusted you, but I do trust you now, and I receive your grace, and I believe in Jesus. And in this moment, I ask you to release me from sin and raise me to life. I want to speak to a different group in here today. Maybe you've been stuck. You've been following Jesus for any amount of time, but you're just stuck today. And you need breakthrough. There's something you've been dealing with in your life. You just, you can't do it on your own. You know it. Today I want you to know God wants to come alongside you because he loves you. And he wants to release you in this moment. And he wants to raise you to life in that area.
So in this moment, would you just give it to him? Would you say, Jesus, I trust that you are better than this that I am dealing with in my life right now. And I need you to raise me to life. And I believe God wants to set a lot of people free today. I don't know what it is in your life, but I know that God's in the business of restoration and redemption. So in this moment, just give it to him. And then we'll pray together. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that we can be released from sin and raised to life in areas of our lives where there is death, where there is bondage, where sin so easily entangles. Father, today we just give it to you. We ask in this moment, God, that you would release us and raise us to life again. Release us from anger raise us to love. Release us from greed. Raise us to generosity. Release us from pride. Raise us to humility. Release broken relationships and raise us to restoration. God, release us from sin and raise us to life in you. Would you do that in this moment, Holy Spirit? In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. That's what Christians celebrate on Pentecost. God sent his spirit. Jesus said to teach us and lead us into all truth that we could be raised and released and raised. Released and raised. Released and raised. And Paul said it happens every day of our lives from glory to glory so today's commitment is just that it says this i will trust god for breakthroughs in my life this week you see today might be the first time you've ever committed your life to jesus and if it is i want to tell you something when you hand in your connection card today i want you to mark a box on there it says my commitment is and there's a box that says i committed my life to jesus today or i recommitted my life to jesus would you just check that box because we want to follow up with you we're going to send you a packet of information that will help launch you into this brand new relationship with god where you have been released and raised to life mark that and then hand that in the offering we when we um, receive it here in just a couple of minutes but i just want you to know today that it happens every day when you wake up lord jesus Would you take control of my life today? Would you continue to release me from whatever it is that's holding me back from you? Would you raise me to life? So if we do that every day, this church will be set on fire by the Holy Spirit. And God will do incredible things. And people all over this region will say, what can this mean?